0: Eric, do you know what the most famous equation in the history of the world is? I have zero
1: clue. No clue.
0: Well, you're going to recognize it. It's, in fact, E equals MC squared. And do you know what E equals MC squared stands for? I'm not going
1: to pretend to know.
0: Well, don't, because there's no pretending on this show. It stands for energy. Equals mass times the speed of light squared right Right. here, right now. PodMax podcast. Welcome to the PodMax podcast. I'm scratching my head. There you have it. Is this a science show?
1: What are we talking about here?
0: could be a science show, but it's not, um, we're talking about energy. I brought it right into that concept because during our second segment, we're going to be digging deeper into the whole concept of energy. What is it? How do you use it? Can it be taught? What's it about? How do you show up all those little nuances of energy? And that's the way I felt like introducing the topic, E equals MC squared. And you learn something. Who knew what it stood for?
1: I love it. I love it, dude. Uh, Yeah, we're going to get into that. And we're going to get into all of our other segments here that uh, we are all growing and knowing and loving here on the show. So those segments that you can expect to come is Pro in the Know, our very first segment. And then we'll be moving into our second segment, which is Build It and They Will Come. And then uh, the last one, which is Josh's favorite. Have you ever? So a lot to be shared, a lot to have uh, fun and listen to. Yeah. What were you saying?
0: I don't play favorites. I, <laughs> I love them all equally. I
1: love them all equally. But yeah. So you want to jump into it, brother? Yeah, sure. Segment one. Segment one. Uh, we got bro in the
0: know. Oh, you got to whisper it. It's that kind of. I know.
1: Today it's a whispering day. It's a whisper. Uh, yeah. We're, or an energy day. Uh, but yeah, we wanted to highlight something that Josh and I have been talking about for for a week or two, in that um, there was an announcement made recently about Mark Cuban getting into the game, and the game being kind of the podcast game. So he's investing in and became the co-founder of an app that's right now called Fireside, you know, which you know, calls back to a fireside chat, and a lot of people are using this this term to to label that such a such a sort of community. V- uh, building and feel. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they they are investing in and creating a platform very similar to Clubhouse. So ding, ding. I, I wish we, we need like a little ding every time Clubhouse is mentioned on the show uh, that it sounds like it could potentially be a competitor or the next level of what Clubhouse currently is, uh, which is going to allow us the ability to record, which I imagine at some point Clubhouse could say okay okay you guys want that we'll we'll turn that on but there's going to be an indicator and for those of you who don't know really quickly what clubhouse is is a new platform it's a new app where everybody it's the new hotness it really Uh, is you can jump in and you can listen to amazing content with all of the thought leaders that are out there the gary v's the grant cardones the oprahs of the world that are just sharing from the stage and don't we all need that now that we can't go to big conferences so you have this virtual version of a conference audio experience only and you it's all live it's all live and it goes away it's not recorded it's not captured and what they do is they bring people on the stage panelists to moderate or there's usually the best rooms is when someone is moderating so someone just like when you go to a conference there's someone on stage and they're moderating the conversation and making sure it stays on track well, that's what Clubhouse is, and it has so many, so many benefits to your business. Yeah, um, that it's still being explored, it's still being figured out, and people are pushing it to its limits, and it's evolving each and every day. So Clubhouse is all—it's the talk of the town. Everybody's joining in. You need an invite only. Even meanwhile, I have five, by the way, that are just sitting in my queue. Like you have five invites. When are you going to give them out? So if you need one, let me know. But. Um, with Mark Cuban getting in the game with this thing called Fire Chat, which is still in stealth mode, uh, based off this article that, that we read, um, meaning it's not launched yet, it's sort of still in beta, and they just got a ton of money uh for seed. That um I think what what my main takeaway is, Josh, is that uh you gotta go where the money is, right? If people Uh, and and companies and corporations are investing heavily into the podcasting game or anything that looks remotely (laughs) like the podcast industry well you're in the right place josh so that's 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 my main takeaway um you know there's a whole host of uh, things that this fireside app is going to do that's different from clubhouse mainly they want you to be able as a creator to monetize Mm. this platform for your you know community for your business uh so they're 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 doing a bunch of things on the back end uh and they're gonna launch it i'm 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 guessing very soon but they're not the only ones that got in the game josh
0: that's right i also Uh, heard that uh people like facebook they're also creating their version of a clubhouse and what i find fascinating in this regard is whenever there's i mean clubhouse you know has just taken everyone by storm uh it's really like clogging up the feed everywhere you turn people are talking about it isn't it always that whenever there's that level of tipping point that by by definition other big players are gonna follow suit right and do their version of it for better or worse i guess that's that that's the way it goes
1: yeah, exactly. Um, especially when you have capital to invest, w- w- why not get into? You know, it's 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 kind of like a casino. You know, you're, you're you're putting your chips on black or red, and you're 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 figuring out which horse uh, that you're 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 going to put your money behind, because you know there's there's a lot of money to be made in the podcast industry, and if you do it mm-hmm. right, you know, especially if you get into this sort of app development and able to scale a business based off of your app, then phew, sky's the limit, man. You could you, could, you really break ground and do something really cool that, that that's like, hey, what would we be doing without Facebook right now?
0: Well, let's um, talk about Cuban specifically. So he's the one leading this new platform. Do you think that because it's Mark Cuban, it may be more successful than otherwise. Do you think that they needed his name or he's the one because he is a name? I mean, I don't even know who's behind Clubhouse. So they just, you know, mastered that and just got it. So now is someone like a Cuban required to sort of like turn heads and get some attention?
1: I think you answered the question, right? Can anyone name the founders of Clubhouse? No, right? There's. It, it's not necessary. Uh, I think it gives you a leg up. It gives you some attention, grabs some headlines, uh, but it's not necessary. Now, is it necessary to get his seed money? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would say if you want to move quickly uh, and, and and make moves and and hire people and build uh, at, to scale, uh, you know, otherwise most people can't. You know, yeah, a Cuban backing you in terms of like seed money and and investors coming in. Yeah, absolutely. That definitely helps if you've got a Cuban at the helm as a co-founder and then all of a sudden the Damon Johns and the Cardones and all these people mm. are recognizing it and they're they're all going to invest in what he's doing, especially if they couldn't get into the seed for Clubhouse. You know, so then they're like, yeah. "Hey, well, I'll show you Clubhouse. You know, let me in. Now I'm going to go build Fireside." So, what about- yeah.
0: What about the idea that we were laughing about off air before, and you sort of touched upon it that so, so clubhouse is, it it has all of its current feature set. It's, it's bells and whistles as they stand, including the fact that no recording capability right here, right now, Uh, you, you know, it, it all just lives in the moment and then you move on fireside may say, well, we're going to do something like this and give you the ability to record because we're hearing murmurs. Some people want that feature. So then Clubhouse may in response say, fine, what brought us to the top, we're now going to adjust and then we're going to start. So it's sort of like a cat and mouse game that could eventually turn Clubhouse away from its foundation and what got it to where it is. So, looking at it in tangible forms for us and the people tuning in, at what point do you stay true to your roots? At what points do you need to involve? How do you decide the difference?
1: Yeah, it's it's always tough, right? Yeah, and and just insider scoop on Josh and I's uh, conversations off mic. You know, I was joking saying, hey, we should just create an app called Smoke Signal. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, it. and it's but it's literally smoke signals and then and then, and then yeah and then eventually we'll, we'll we'll evolve it to morse code and then Genius. eventually we'll move it to yeah and then we'll get to the telegraph and then we'll get to you know because that's what's happening here they pulled it back to audio only an audio experience only through clubhouse only. right right but then eventually wouldn't i could we could sort of see it getting played out where firesides. well we're doing this now we can record well you know, their clubhouse's response may, well, we're going to incorporate video now. And then all of a sudden we're back to square one. So it's It's, kind of interesting how, yeah, you, you kind of try to strip it down to its most basic form But then eventually you just land where we all were at the beginning. Um, But, yeah, it is pretty funny. And to stay true to your roots um, and your question, your point, it's tough, right? What is their roots? We don't know what those conversations are behind closed doors. What is Clubhouse's mission? You know, what are they trying to do, uh, you know, from a global perspective, from a social perspective? No idea, you know, and, and maybe maybe there's something up their sleeve, and they're they're planning to do something bigger and better. Uh, this is just the beginning stages of it, or like us, you adapt, you pivot, you figure things out, and you give what the market demands. So I imagine that's probably what they would do is like they'd have to give what the market's demanding and what their what their culture or their their communities is is asking for. Uh, they are quickly sort of adapting all these new little tool sets within the the app. Um, that uh, it's what's kind of fun about it, Josh, and, and, and you finally got your, your foot in the door and, and, and test drove and played around with us in there. Um, we are figuring it out. So there, there's all these things that are lacking in the app. For example, uh, yeah, how do you respond to somebody saying something that's like a mic drop? Well, people, you can't do anything other than just sit there and then clap to yourself in silence. But what people have been doing is clicking their mic on and off, tapping it, tapping it, tapping it, so it's flashing. So there's a visual component a of visual- hey, I'm
0: I'm I'm engaged here, right? I'm uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, right, I'm listening
1: and yeah. I'm clapping. At first, when I saw it, I was like, oh, Luis, it was Luis doing it. Our friend Luis from biz bros he he was doing it and i was like all right bro i'll let you on the i'll let you speak what you got to say and he's like no i'm clapping i was like oh that's what that means so there's all these little things that we're having fun sort of Learning. working with the ingredients yeah. we have uh but eventually yeah they're gonna just start putting more and more like remember how basic facebook was in the beginning and then they just like more and more and more features where who knows that Facebook yeah. even has Facebook rooms. Like nobody knows that because it's buried under a hundred different things that they've created. Great. So, yeah. There you it's go. A, it's an interesting conversation. We could, we could base a whole podcast on this one, but, but we won't, but we won't <laughs> because we need to move on to our next segment, which is
0: build it and they will come. come, come. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah. Uh, we still, we're still going to get the transitions in the segment. Yeah, it's uh, in the works. It, right, it, Rob? It, it's in the works. It sure <laughs> is. Uh, so, Build It and They Will Come. This segment is about something uh, of success. Um, we're going to pull right from our own pocket this week. And um, earlier in the week, I had just sort of randomly, arbitrarily posted a thread on my Facebook wall um, posing one question to podcast hosts. And the question was, what is lacking or missing in an otherwise great guest? And I didn't know, but a few days later, there's almost 60 comments on this thread, which, which really, really hit home. So what's interesting is we wanted to now use that to dissect, first of all, what made the question so fascinating? What accounts for a thread or a post of yours randomly or not randomly outperforming other ones where you just get these outliers where there's like dozens of comments where you're just, I guess, tapping in to something.
1: Yeah. I was a little late to the party. You posted it and I saw How many people, I mean, we're talking 50, 60 people or comments that were just, it was on fire and I, I couldn't believe the value and the insight and the pain that was being highlighted throughout this post. So for those of you, can you repeat what the post, what the question was again, Josh?
0: Yeah, it was for podcast hosts and it said, what quality or trait is lacking or missing in an otherwise great guest.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because you would think that w- the feedback you'd be getting in that post would be for hosts specifically. But what's cool about it is if you read it from a guest's perspective, you're like, "Oh, wow, I need to adjust this or, you know, like I'm not looking at the thread just from a host's perspective and saying, "Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's a pain in the butt. No boo on them." I was also seeing it from the guest's perspective, and trying to figure out, okay, it actually made me go back and watch an episode that I recently co- recorded with um with the Hindsight Hackers, and yeah. I was like, oh wow, okay. Based off of the feedback that was within this thread, you know, I was looking at my appearance through a different lens. Mm. So yeah, it it was really valuable, and like we were saying offline, uh, really highlighting and scratching that itch that's. Pretty apparent now that there's there's some some potential issues there that need to be addressed.
0: Yeah, well, um, like we like to do, we'll pull the curtain back and sort of show you how the sausage was made. Specifically, I'm talking about why I chose to pose that question. Eric and I are always looking at Podmax, the brand, the business, and the event through a growth critical eye, meaning what's working, what's not, what can we double down on, what do we need to adjust, what do people like, what can we improve on, what's missing. So with that, always at the forefront of our minds, we're getting more and more clarity into, PodMax is not just this one day event where it started, it is so much more it's an entire education and training ground for people to break into the podcast guesting space at whatever level they're at and just get this whole entire a to z education and training to master their guest appearances so with that i started thinking what points are we not aware of that are pain points for for guests So who better to get that information from than hosts? Ask, I put two and two together, right? If I wanna find out what guests are struggling with, I'm not gonna ask the guests in this regard because what I'm also realizing, especially in this space, is sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. We show up to a guest spot and we think, nailed it. Really, based on what criteria? How you feel, okay. What was the result? How does the host think you did? What improvements can the host give you and suggest? So that's why I think that the thread was so well, because I gave it thought for a specific point. And like you said, Eric, it hit home. So the two main themes of that thread, Hey host, what's missing from guests? What can they improve on? What are they lacking with most common? One was an easy fix, which is technical, right? Their audio. And Eric, you know, we speak, we we have enough conversations where even the best and the brightest who you think would get it, they're just not, because it, it's so early, right? As 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 Eric coined, the digital dress code, your mic, your headphones, your lighting, everything that you're doing is not always up to speed. So we help you get up to speed, even in the technical. So audio is extremely important at a pain point and frustration for hosts. Show up sounding as as good as you can. The other one goes back to how we opened this show with that E word energy. A lot of hosts pointed out that, yeah, you know what? Guests just don't always come with the right energy. And Eric and I over the past week have had deep conversations on this, like, what does that really mean? Like, like, does everybody have to be like, hello, my man. Hello, <laughs> like, uh, maybe, maybe not, probably not. It's not everybody's attitude, personality, persona, brand shtick, right? So it's like, what do you mean they're not showing up with energy? There's just a lot to unravel here. Yeah. It's subjective,
1: right? I mean, so someone may, you know, we've had a guest and I have co other co-hosts and, you know, I may be experiencing something completely different. You know, uh, you know, I remember, you know, the other Josh saying that guy brought it, he was bringing the paint shot out of a can. And I was like, really? I mean, I, remember you I, me I experienced something completely <laughs> different. So yeah, it's completely subjective. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's definitely a, a, an awareness that needs to be had in terms of, both sides of the mic, because I've definitely been on the other side of the mic where I brought more energy than the host, but that's True. just the host's personality. Like that's just <laughs> that he was operating at an 11 to for me. Him, yeah. Her. yeah, To me, it was a six or a five at best. So, but that I'm not, I'm not trying to judge that. I met him where he was as close as I could possibly get. And that's sort of the dance that, 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 that needs to be had when podcasting either as a guest or as a host you sort of meet in the middle somewhere right so hopefully if you are a high energetic person like Josh and I are you know you you can you can gauge and research the host and see what type of personalities this person when when i walk in the room what can i expect and what should i bring to the table i don't want to shoot out of a cannon and then potentially make him or her look bad so yeah there there's a fine line in a dance that that should be choreographed which yeah. leads us to you like my little drop into the next sort of segue of topic, unless you have something to add to the segment.
0: Yeah, I, I just wanted to finalize this thought when when hosts seem to, especially in that thread, they're consistently saying um, there was just a lack of energy. Fine, I could appreciate that acknowledgement that mm, I just wish there was something different there or saying it was a lack of energy. I will pose the question, what formed your expectation? In other words, Mm. if you were on a pre-call or interview with them and they were at a certain energetic level or vibe and they showed up differently, fine. If you researched them and got a different feel from their videos, from other interviews they did, and they showed up less than that, then fine. But the outstanding property here is, did you just arbitrarily expect a different energetic level and got their normal, got their day-to-day or got their high energy? And for you, it was like, this is a mismatch. So what I pose is... Figure out how you are really evaluating the guests in order to say, yes, come on my show. Are you looking at their other videos to say, yes, this is an energetic match. This is the kind of person, the kind of vibe, the kind of energy that I want on my show. And then if they show up less than that, then we have an argument. Then we have a point to make and say, you know what? They're not bringing their energy. But if you just arbitrarily assume that, Hey, you're on a show, we have work to do. You're my guest, let's do this together. And they're like, how are you today? (laughs) I'm so glad to be here, but maybe that's how they always are. Can't fault them. Can't say, yeah, they didn't bring energy. So mm-hmm. really, go back to the drawing board. How are you evaluating their match, mm-hmm. their energetic match, to whether you want to invite them in the first place as a guest onto your show?
1: Yeah, good stuff. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. So we're on to uh, Josh's favorite segment, even though he <laughs> won't admit it. Is mm-hmm. have you no
0: <laughs> have you ever? That's right. In this segment, we uh, we pull from our own experience on both sides of the mic. To pose a question and then, uh, unravel it as far as we can. So this one is all about research Mm. as a guest or a host, because it should happen equally on both sides. Have you ever gone into a show onto a show where you do little to no research? And what is that outcome versus doing a tremendous amount of research? Where do you fall in that category, Eric?
1: I fall on both sides of the spectrum. There have been times where I did little to no research, either coming in as a guest or a host. And I have come in more than prepared uh, when interviewing uh, a guest. So um, two things. When you come in as a guest – I don't think it ever benefited me greatly to not do research. So um, I think it insults the host coming in and not listening to at least one episode or at least being familiar with their cadence. Um, I always feel guilty and terrible when that happens. And um, there, there are reasons behind it and and, and and tips I can give to those who have experienced that. Um, and then on the host side, uh, I, I when I do my research the the benefits are great uh, versus me not doing research because the same thing I'm insulting the guest uh, not you know telling them that I have not invested time into them and getting to know them and setting up the conversation and the right questions to 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 lead them down the right path um, but when I do it and I and it, it almost feels like Josh I can't Overly research, like even if it the only the only side effect is I get super nervous. If if Mm. I do so much research, it gets me more nervous, and then I'm like I'm getting my head out of the game. But when I research a ton and then just let go in with the expectations that we're not following my script of questions. Mm -hmm. These are just points that I can pull from if needed, and oftentimes it's not needed, but at least in my head. I am confident in knowing this person 100% as, as much as I could possibly know, and I, and it makes me at, more at ease and, and comfortable in the conversation.
0: The argument people um, who don't research will give is, I don't want to research because I want it to be an authentic mm. conversation. I mm. want it to just be a dialogue. I argue that you can have your cake and eat it, too. I think you could research so much so you have all of the information and then still have an authentic, natural conversation and dialogue. I don't think one takes away from the other.
1: Agree 100% because it's like having a – Josh and I have known each other for for almost years now, and we always – we're never lacking for an interesting conversation you know, but I've, I'm always learning new things if I ask the right questions. So yeah, it doesn't matter. You can have someone that you've known all your life and still have a very interesting show with them. I think you're right. It's an excuse to say, eh, I want to, I want to figure it out while the audience is figuring it out. Nah, I, I, I don't think that's the best solution. Um, but uh, I, I had a tip that I was going to give, which escapes me. But uh, yeah, when you're, sure. um, yeah.
0: Yeah the uh the one thing i will say again whether as a guest or a host especially as a host um the one thing that i think is just extremely insulting and i've had it on i've i've had it i've seen it on the air and then off the air i'm talking about pronunciation of the guest's name it's it, I, I, as a host would never come to the table during, during our, even our pre-interview, like when we're like, uh, okay, Eric, how do you pronounce it? Is, is it Cabral or Cabral? It's like, you couldn't find one pronunciation of my name out in the wild to know that. So, so I think like, that's insulting. Like, like, don't ask me how to pronounce the name especially on the air. How many times have you heard a podcast and they're like, oh, welcome to the show. I hope I get this right. <laughs> what? What? Why is that I being recorded? And like, is it is it Rothenstein? Rothenstein? You know, that it's is Frank my cousin Vinny. No, yeah. I was doing it. My cousin made, got you, got Rothenstein, you. Stein, Stein, or Stein. <laughs> oh, Mar- R- Rothenstein. It's Stein. She said
1: Stein. Yes. Oh my God. So, so good. yeah, so good. learn but the yeah. pronunciation of of the person. So name. basic, but 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 necessary. I I, I remembered now the tip that um, I wanted to show or highlight to you folks that yeah, e- either as a guest or as a host, if you're coming in unprepared, ill prepared, and not feeling you're you know comfortable that you did you know, your time and invested your time, it means you're doing too much. It means that you need to lessen the recordings, your schedules, maybe you're recording too many episodes, maybe you're guesting on too many episodes. If you don't have the time to research and devote to your show or being on a show, maybe you're doing too much. You need to carve out the time and figure out your schedule. Um, that That is, I'm speaking from experience and that's r- what I've come to realize I just need to clear my plate and and put the time in that's necessary.
0: So perfect. So there we go. Yeah. Three segments in the can. We're gonna wrap them up. We're gonna uh, re yeah. re re what? What's the re, word? I'm looking? Like-
1: uh, yeah, re re
0: summarize. Yeah, re. We're gonna re summarize and then we're gonna. <laughs> And then we're going to bring on uh, yeah. the host of the the next um, hour's show on Airbrand's live show, hosted yeah. by Todd Genitasio, who Genitasio. will be joining us in just a minute to tell us what's coming up on that episode.
1: Absolutely. So in summary of what we all just heard and spoke about is Pro in the Know, we talked about the evolution of the app clubhouse and how everybody's getting into the game mainly mark Cuban and a bunch of other investors another uh, host and slew of apps you know Twitter spaces all these other sort of competitors that are trying to get in and gain on the clubhouse or jump on the clubhouse coattails uh, so what does yeah what does it all mean basically is investors are putting their money follow the money so we're all in the right space uh, build it and they will come Josh we talked about the, the the chat that you created on, on Facebook, which was on fire.
0: Yeah, what might've made it uh, popular, how we came about asking that question, what we yeah. got out of the question, and what you can do with those answers.
1: Absolutely. And then, then uh, have you ever researched? Which I thought is, uh, you know, all these segments could become full hour blown conversations. But yeah, a ton of tips, strategies, and uh, experience that we've had, uh, whether we researched or not. But what was your take takeaway? Research, all good? Little research, no good?
0: Oh, um, I go... I go somewhere in the middle. I, I certainly um, will will do enough research to make myself feel comfortable and uh, confident that I can have a good conversation with this person. But you know our styles. We don't we we don't stick to questions. I just want to know in the research who they are, what they do, what they're known for. Maybe there's a maybe there's a uh, an interesting little tidbit that is less popular. That I'm like, well, that is just. Fascinating, isn't it? I bet they don't get asked about that. What I'm interested in, that
1: the coolest thing about that, and when we pull that out of our hats during a conversation, especially Mm. now we do a lot of uh, in front of live in front of a studio audience, uh, interviews. When you could pull a little tidbit, something that not many people know or talk about, it just makes them feel good and like, wow, you know, Josh cares about me, he knows the name of my dog, or Mm. you know, like, or he knows how many kids I have in their ages, you know. There's something to be said about putting the time in, and it doesn't take a lot of time, to be able to get to know that person before you actually have a conversation on a microphone with them.
0: And as long as you go in with a good opening question or two, which really, I think we should start teaching a class on that. We will absolutely, when we, when we launch uh, the upcoming PodMax Academy, say, what? did he say podmax Academy? What is that? Yes, it is in the uh, it is in the works. but um, That that's going to be some of the things that we teach classes on, like, like workshop style, like, Hey, here's a guest. Let's work on this person. Come to the table with your best opening question next week. We're going to go through everybody's opening question and see what's intriguing. See why it happened. So the point is if you can get one or two launching questions that you feel confident can take the conversation. It all just comes down to listening, listening to their answer and being intrigued, being curious, being interested, and then going from there and saying, wait a minute, you said the Swiss Alps? I, I, I didn't know this. Tell, tell me more about that. When was that? <laughs> now you're off in a direction where they're like well, I never really get to talk about this. That makes the greatest conversation. So when you're done doing that over and over and over, always knowing how and why you wanna serve your audience with this person and doing that and working towards that, Like you said, Eric, they're just going to feel so good because how many times do you hear, you know, this was such a great conversation. I never (laughs) really get to explore those topics, but it works because you made it work by tying everything in to the bigger picture of why you're doing it and who you're serving through this dialogue.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, folks. So now is the time to bring the host of the On Air Brands live show
0: which is coming live on Facebook and other platforms uh, in uh, at the 12 o'clock Eastern hour. It's Todd Genitasio. What's doing, Todd? What do we have to look forward to?
2: Well, you guys are talking about research, and today's episode on the On Air Brand Show, we're going to be talking about how to plan out your content strategy for your shows so that more people will find your content, more people are engaging with your content. And ultimately, you have a strategy that aligns your show content with your business objectives. And you'll be able to really put to work what it is you're doing, all the heavy lifting of creating content, right? If you're doing that heavy lifting already, let's just do the right research and planning ahead of time so that all that work can really have a multiplier impact on what it is you're trying to achieve.
0: What are the precursors or prerequisites that need to be in place in order to even go down that path?
2: Well, of course, we're talking about achieving business goals. So you want to have clearly defined business goals that you're trying to achieve, right? So it starts with having those goals and objectives, which is something we went through in uh, episode one of season two. And then last week's episode, we went through how to clearly define your audience, right? So knowing who you want to build build your audience around, so having your business objectives, having your target audience. And now let's talk about how do we bridge the gap from our target audience to our business objectives and get them to go along for a great ride on a customer right. journey where we are the guide for them and take them to the de- you know the destination they're trying to get to. love it.
1: Looking forward to that. So folks, if you're listening to this podcast in your Tesla or your hybrid, whatever, or your gas guzzler, you, uh, <laughs> you can find the on air brands live show on all podcast platforms spotify itunes and all those wonderful places look for todd season two episode three are we in now
2: that's right today's episode three man
1: love it love it so that's it for us folks uh we are wrapping up thanks so much for tuning in to the pod max podcast hope we added some value in your life today
0: Welcome to the PodMax Podcast.